Well, the Braves are actually in bounce-back mode tonight, which doesn't happen very often. They actually lost a series, stopped the presses, to the White Sox. So they'll look to bounce back tonight. They're at home against the Diamondbacks, uh, which is a really good series, actually. 7:20 game time, 7.05 airtime here on 106.1 ESPN. All right, let's get into some football talk. Training camps are on the cusp of beginning, and there's a lot to talk about out there. And a guy who joins us relatively regularly, and we're glad he finds time for us during the football season and leading into the football season, is Rob Motti. He is AP's uh, lead NFL reporter, lead NFL writer, host of a couple of really good podcasts, Faith on the Field, the AP Pro Football Podcast. You can hear them online. You can hear them on Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. And now you hear Rob Motti with us on the sports huddle hello rob how's your summer been uh it's been hot here in florida but uh it's it's going to continue to be hot down here but nfl it never stops man, man. It's, it's getting uh, uh closer and closer camps are getting underway so the grind begins the grind is is going to be long and and, and strong so I really want to be journalistically sound, Rob, and begin with the lead story, <laughs> Saquon Barkley, the running back controversy, all of that. But I'm not going to, and here's why. Because on my drive into the uh, studio today, I listened to your most recent podcast, the one that you had with Patrick Mahomes, uh, which was riveting and outstanding. And obviously, as you uh, discussed with him on the podcast, the face of the NFL now, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and without giving it away, because I want our audience to go listen to it, obviously. But what was your biggest takeaway from that conversation you had with Mahomes, as you said, on the on the on the cusp of another season beginning for him and an opportunity for him to defend a Super Bowl title? You know, Bob, what I thought was really interesting is, and I knew he had a strong relationship with Andy Reid, and um, from from what I saw that came out, because I posted different clips, and then you see which clips like really go viral, right? What, what's everybody talking about? And it was the one about his relationship with Andy and how he kind of said, hey, if I went somewhere else, I, I may have, have been in a system with a coach who wouldn't let me play the way I play the game. And, and we, we know Fra- Patrick goes about it, and he, he, his freelancing, freewheeling kind of, uh, um, football style. He's dynamic. He's throwing balls left-handed. He's flipping them over his head, behind his back, whatever he's doing. And he's just kind of fit in perfectly with Andy. And they got such a, a great relationship. I knew Andy from his time in Philadelphia uh, and how he kind of, he's, he's been able to develop quarterbacks. He was never able to win the big one in Philly. Came close. You know that story all too well. And he goes to Kansas City, makes the decision to get Patrick Mahomes, and it's been a marriage made in, in heaven. It's been perfect for the two of them. But, you know, that sticks out to me. The whole face of the NFL thing with, with you know, it's Tom Brady now officially retired. And, you know, Patrick's been kind of inching towards that. We knew he's going to assume that mantle sooner or later. And now Tom's gone. Patrick takes over. And it, it, it's kind of one where I don't think it's too big for him. He, he's not going to – the burden's not going to be too much on Patrick. He's already – up to every challenge out there. He's won two Super Bowls in his first, what is it, five or six seasons as a starter. And, and I, I think there's there's no telling how many more, if he can stay healthy, that he can win with Andy Reid together there in Kansas City. They, they've got a an offense that's perfectly fit for his style of play. They've got Travis Kelsey, who's one of the greatest 
tight ends, if not the best to ever play the game. And what's remarkable is last season they they trade Tyreek Hill, and and it's okay. He they find a way to make it work. They get things done. They don't need a, a big time running back and. That can go towards the conversation with Saquon Barkley and everybody else. Like, look at the Chiefs. They win a Super Bowl with a seventh-round pick, Isaiah Pacheco, as their starting running back. Mm-hmm. A few years back, they win a Super Bowl with their leading rusher is an undrafted free agent in Damian Williams. So uh, all of these kind of fit together. But Pat- Patrick, to me, is clearly, and to everybody else, he's the face of the NFL, and he's a superstar talent who is just continuing to get better. He, he's on the rise still, I think. Well, that will lead us in eventually to a conversation on Barkley and the running back situation right now off of what you were just talking about. But before I get there, let me localize this a little bit. So your conversation evolved uh, from Andy Reid to the departure of Eric Bieniemy. Now, obviously, we cover the Washington Commanders extensively here in Richmond. Um, Patrick's thoughts on Bieniemy and his opportunity for success in Washington, Rob? Yeah, Patrick has long been an advocate for Eric Bieniemy getting a, a head coaching opportunity. He's spoken uh, in support of EB for s- several years, and in all of those opportunities, Bieniemy had to interview. Uh, Patrick loves the the relationship they had, the voice that he had in in that offense, and and I know that Eric Bieniemy wasn't calling the plays. It's Andy Reid's offense and it's Andy Reid's system in KC. But offensive coordinator's got a ton of responsibilities. He, he's the guy on the sideline in the, in the QB's ear. And, and he's, his leadership ability, I, I think, um, the, the way that he can relate to the guys and, and kind of, you know, you, you, have, you have the coach who's got to be the coach for offense, defense, and everybody else. Then you've got the, the, the offensive coordinator who Mahomes and everyone else on that, they're spending most of their time with during the week. And uh, he, he's just a, a guy that every, not just Patrick, but any, whether I talk to Travis Kelsey, I've, I've had Trey Smith on the show, one of the offensive linemen, uh, other guys, they've always raved about Eric Bieniemy's leadership ability, communication skills, which I think are so important to, to take information and break it down in a way the guys can digest that info and then go out there, process it, and perform. And, and he's got that skill set. It's, it's, it's really, at this point, hard to understand why, after so many opportunities with different teams to bring him in. And I say this, Bob, not, not from a, a perspective of thought. Like, I've never been in that room when he gets an interview, but I've had an opportunity to sit in on the quarterback coaching summit that the league had where Eric Bieniemy was a presenter. And I've listened to him speak and, and present uh, to other coaches, trying to help them better themselves and put themselves in a position to, whether it's get promoted to offensive coordinator or climb to head coach. And he's always impressed me. So uh, I think Washington's in good hands with Eric Bieniemy as their offensive coordinator. Uh, I I don't see them doing uh, anything in the way of playoffs this year. With their they're more in a rebuild mode. But right now, I, I think the focus over there, of course, is moving on from Dan Snyder. And we're getting well, what are we about forty eight hours mm-hmm. away mm-hmm. from potentially seeing that put to a vote, yeah. and then we'll go from there. So I'll follow up on that one before we get to that running back conversation. 
if that doesn't happen, if they don't make the playoffs with Josh Harris, with new ownership in there, would you expect and anticipate a changing of the guard on the sidelines in D.C.? I, I do. I think anytime you you have new people in charge, they want to bring in um, an entire an entirely new regime. And I, I know Jason Wright has done some good things over there helping change that culture, but I, I wonder how much uh, it, it, that, that that's going to uh, really buy him with the new ownership. People want to bring in someone that they're comfortable with, who they hired, they want to turn the page, and uh, I, I think short of a playoff season that makes it difficult on ownership to move forward, you will probably see a, an entire uh, new regime in Washington. And, and you've you got some good people in there who, who can do the job. Maybe they've been dealt a bad hand the, the way things have played out, and they've had some instability at the quarterback position. But Ron Rivera uh, is a guy who, who's been a winner, who knows how to win, and uh, I, I think it, it, he, he'll probably end up somewhere um, after Washington mm-hmm. if that's the case. Uh, Rob Motti chatting with us, talking some NFL football, and it starts with training camps next week. It will start without Saquon Barkley in New York. What do you make of this whole running back controversy and not getting uh, enough value and running backs across the league kind of bonding together in support of of one another and where this might end, Rob? Yeah, I'm I'm actually in the middle of a column on that today because from from my standpoint, like we saw this coming. None of this surprises me. I, I think we've been trending this way in the NFL for several years now, the the, the days of uh, the power running backs, the Larry Zonkas, and they're long gone. Even the days of like Emmitt Smith and Marcus Allen and Walter Payton, those days are gone too. You're looking at teams now who are finding ways to win in a quarterback-driven, pass-first, offensive, explosive type league, and they're finding ways to win with running backs who are mediocre, average guys. Like I, I literally went down the list today, did a ton of research at every leading rusher on a Super Bowl championship team, Bob. In the last 15 years, only three Super Bowl champions have had a 1,000-yard rusher. Hmm. Three in the last 15. Before that, the 15 prior, there was 11. So you already see, you see that shift to mm-hmm. where teams are winning Super Bowls with guys like Brady and the past one with Shane Vereen as a leading <laughs> rusher. Uh, he, he, I mentioned already Damian Williams and Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, uh, remarkably, the last team to have a thousand yard rusher uh, and win the Super Bowl was Brady and those Patriots when they brought in LeGarrette Blunt back in the 2016 season, and, and he had like 766 yards. He was uh, a free agent signing, uh, second stint with the with the Patriots. Uh, uh, he he had that that was with the Eagles. He had seven sixty six. He had eleven sixty one with the Patriots that year. So uh, teams are winning. And Brandon Jackson was once a leading Ahmad Bradshaw. Like these are the type of guys that have won Super Bowls. So you, you can't you can't fault teams for taking this hard line stance when. The NFL has changed the rules to enhance scoring. You can't, if you're a defender, you can't hit too low. You can't hit too high. You can't grab. You can't tug. <laughs> you have to be careful with everything you do. 
Wide receivers have the freedom to roam the field without being fearful like they used to of getting annihilated. Quarterbacks are protected. It's just a, a pass-heavy, pass-friendly NFL. And the teams who have the Saquon Barkley's, Derrick Henry's, guys like Josh Jacobs, and they, they all serve a purpose. They're tremendous players. They, they are versatile. They got multiple responsibilities. They catch the ball. They pass protect. They run the ball, yet they're not reaping the benefits financially because the bottom line is NFL teams are winning Super Bowls mm-hmm. without guys like that on their roster. Yeah, that, that does not bode well for the guys like Barkley and, and the argument that they're trying to put forth um, right now. Hey, finish up with you, uh, Rob. Rob Motti joining us talking some NFL football. Um, is there another storyline that's kind of piqued your interest going into training camp? I know that's kind of an open-ended ended question, but an, another you know storyline that, kind of, like I said, kind of piques your interest right now? Oh, absolutely, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, thought so. Yep. <laughs> right, Aaron Rodgers in New York with, with with the pressure that he's going to face to go in there and win and win quickly in that market with that team, the way they finished, the way they started last year, and our high expectations, the talent that they have. Uh, that's going to be exciting. Like that, that's going to be fun. And and of course, now the added uh, pressure of hard knocks and the cameras mm-hmm. following them around and all that stuff. Uh, I think it's going to be really all eyes are on Jets camp for sure uh, as, as we head into training camp. No doubt about that. Hey, one real quick because you know I'm a Philly guy and, and you covered sports in Philadelphia and we cover Washington now here as well. Is Carson Wentz going to sign with anybody, Rob? Uh, I would think so. Uh, you're talking about a quarterback who two years ago had 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions for the Indianapolis Colts and didn't stay there, not because the coach didn't want him, because the coach did, uh, but because he just didn't mesh or fit in with what ownership looked for uh, at a quarterback position. And then you see a guy like Daniel Jones get paid $40 million for a whole lot less than Carson Wentz can give you. I know how last season went in Washington. Uh, I know it wasn't what what uh, anyone expected. There was a lot. There were some injuries that held him back, and all that stuff. Still think he's talented enough to be uh, a viable starting quarterback. But at this point, he's got to go the backup route and, mm-hmm. and wait for an injury, wait for some opportunity. But I still think he's too talented not to be on a football team. He's one of the. What, what do we got? Uh, three guys on each team and. 96 quarterback, he's got to be one of the top 96 in the NFL, that's for sure. Yeah, when you put it that way, the math would certainly work. We'll keep an eye on that, and (laughs) Rodgers, and Mahomes, and the Chiefs, and and all of that. Excited to get this thing going. Rob, we look forward to talking with you more as we get into the season. Thanks for the time this afternoon. You got it. Anytime. Take care. Rob Motti, uh, AP NFL writer, their lead NFL writer, and a couple of great podcasts, Faith on the Field, which we have aired here on 1061 ESPN, and the AP Pro Football Report that he does on a weekly basis. And as I said, his guest last week was Patrick Mahomes. So uh, pretty pretty cool uh, there. Uh, all right, 548, last break. We'll finish it up, get you to the top of the hour, and then on to Braves baseball a little bit later tonight right here on 1061 ESPN.